taken us to it and um, <laughs> yeah and um, we are talking about abundant life in Christ abundant life in Christ as believers we have that life in Christ Jesus and as indiv- as, as a church together corporately we also have that life in Christ Jesus so we are going to look at chapter 3 this morning but before we get there it's important for us to understand if you did not listen to the podcast or you were not here last week it's important to understand where Paul is when he's writing this specific letter he's writing this letter from prison mainly because he was preaching the word of God to the gentiles and the Jews and the Roman authorities are having problems and trouble for, for, for that reason. And they took him, they put him in prison. And now they are questioning him to say, what do you think you are doing? What do you think you are doing? It's important for us to understand, yes, we are living in this time now. But back then, preaching to the Gentiles was something unheard of. It was something completely not allowed because the gospel and Yahweh was mainly for the Jewish people. He was their God. He was not God to be shared to anyone else. That is the understanding they had. Yes, they have forgotten about the promises that God gave to Abraham when he said, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. To many nations. They have forgotten that. And they understand that they are the royal priesthood. They are the chosen people. They are the chosen generation. They are the people of God. And so Paul coming. And when we see through all his letters. We see that he has a specific calling. He has a specific task. And that is to take this message. Through to the Gentiles. Romans chapter 1. He begin his letters, or he, this letter, by saying, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scripture regarding his son. I said Romans, ne? Yeah, are we together? Through regarding his son, who, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we have received this grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Paul had a specific mission. His mission is looking like it's very different from the other apostles. Because the other apostles, and I say, it looks like. The other apostles, they seem to be focused on their brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. 
they have forgotten that there will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God had to bring a specific drought. He had to bring a specific drought in Jerusalem that pushed everybody to get out. There was drought, there was persecution. So that they get out of this comfort. And so, this is the understanding of this letter. He's very passionate about the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles are those people who are not Jews. Whether you are white, whether you are black, or green, if you are not a Jew, you are a Gentile. A Gentile, to bring it home, is you and me. If you are not a Jew. Okay? So, for the Jews, it was impossible for the Gentiles to be saved. Other Bibles, like my Ojerero Bible, when I'm reading a word Gentile, is pagans, heathens. It was people who cannot and should not come to God. Imagine. This is the understanding that Paul has. And so, the Jews understand their position. The Gentiles understood the position where they were placed. Namibia and South Africa, to a degree we understand what is it to be in this position. It was not so long ago when people like myself were put in a position where it was impossible for me to be viewed as a human being. I was called other things. My bones were taken to Europe to prove that we are not human beings. Only for some Churches are established to substantiate these doctrines. And so, people were put in categories. Category A, category B, category C, and D, if you are the worst. It's bad. So, if you are in category D, Forget that you will ever become category R. The lines were very clear. It was solid. It was indoctrinated in our systems. And we walked around believing. If you want to find yourself in a group, you had to have a little paper called a pass. As to why on earth are you walking around? Here is the pass. Menier. It says this. So now what is Apostle Paul doing? What is he doing? This is unheard of. The head office must hear about this. He must be put in prison. We know of Robben Island. Huh? 
it's interesting. It's every it's so similar. Everything is looking like it's the same. Ropen Island was a place for people like Apostle Paul who are preaching a different gospel. And when he's brought to question, he's like, what is this gospel you are bringing to the people? And he's convinced, he's convinced that there is a specific mystery that must be brought to the understanding of the people of God. That was hidden for years and years. And now, through the grace of Jesus Christ, this mystery is widened. It's open. It's discovered. And we are now having an understanding of what God's heart is to all humanity. The day that Tatesema was interviewed in 1990, when this land was brought to independence, this is what he says. He says, in Namibia, we are clear. In other words, now we understand. In other words, the eyes of our hearts is enlightened. That we can see the glory of God. That all men are equal. And that he continues to say, no exploitation of men by men. That will not be allowed. Yeah. No brainwash. Those lines of A, B, C, and D must be done away with. We are all equal. It's an amazing mystery. Now, Tatezema was not reading the Bible when he was saying this. But I'm sure the prayer of Apostle Paul eventually can reach to every heart. And that is what we are hoping when we pray is that so that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. And that as we understand that, that we are not just only bowing down to worship but our whole life will be transformed. And we will live to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. And so, the verse just before chapter 3, this is Paul in his prayer talking about reconciliation. Talking about that people must come back together. They must be one. And he says, verse 21, he says, in him, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21, he says, in him, the whole building is joined together and raised to become a holy temple of the Lord. Continue. And in him, you too are being built together. This is now to encourage us that don't let them bully you. Don't let them tell you anything else. Rather than what Christ says of you. In him you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Gone are those days that we thought holiness was only meant for some. That if you are looking at your own life 
you are thinking, ah, no, I'm not called to that. Because look at my life. The Spirit of God can also dwell in you. Just like he can also dwell in someone else. People in Namibia believe that only some are called to be pastors. Only some are called to do the work of God. The moment you carry a Bible to church, then you are called. The moment you wear a suit, then you are called. Ah, That guy is a pastor. Look at him. He's a pastor. He's really called. I don't see him drink. I don't see him smoke. These are all the outward appearance. But that does not say that the Spirit of God is living in those people. We need to do away with nominalism. We need to do away with church religion. The Spirit of God is dwelling in each and every one of us. And He is inviting us. You Gentiles, me a Gentile, I'm called to proclaim the gospel of Christ. We are a temple of the Lord where His Spirit dwells. Amen? And so, he says, for this reason, for this reason, what is the reason? The reason that he said before, that now that you are a dwelling, now that the Spirit of God lives inside of you, for that reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, I'm here, I'm sent to come and tell you that there is hope. To come and tell you that you're no longer alienated from God. You're no longer separated. It's one thing when I know about something about you and I don't come and tell you. Exactly. So I can't go like, wow, this is amazing. Esther, wow. When I see you, I just remember all the promises that God has for you, but I don't say anything. So Apostle Paul says, now that I know the things that I have for you, I'm coming to you Gentiles to tell you, to enlighten you, to help you understand that stop Living like you are nothing. Stop living like there is no hope for you. Stop living like you are not invited. Come on, Cinderella. Get dressed. And let's go to the feast. Stop washing these dishes. Let's get going. There's a chariot coming. I love the second service. (laughs) Verse 2, it says, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me. You have heard about this administration. This grace that was given to me. I'm now coming to make it known to you. I'm bringing this grace. I'm bringing it to your understanding. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading them, verse 4, in reading this, 
then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Friends, mystery. This mystery is not yet unpacked to its full measure. We are just living bits and pieces of it. Like we have no full understanding of what this mystery is. It's an amazing, amazing mystery. And it's hidden in Christ Jesus. And when we are in him, we will continue to unpack more and more and more and more. But look at this. He continues to say, verse 5, this mystery was not made known to people in other generations as it has been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. It's like saying, what were you the whole time? No, they said, I'm a security guard. No, you are qualified to become the CEO. Do I need qualifications? No, it's by grace. Ha! From a security guard to the CEO. What do I need? Just the grace. Am I quite? No, it's sufficient for you. Just come. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Rule! What? What about the experience? No! Don't worry. Just come. It's an amazing mystery. Now you need to understand. Sometimes we think that It was a season for the Jews. Now it's a season for the Gentiles. No. The scripture is saying together. We are one together. So the Jews Jews have been there. It was them the whole time. But now they need to make room. Ah. They must not get out of space. They must just make room. Amen. Amen. Because God has so much bigger and so much more. When Jesus was speaking to the, to the disciples about him being a good shepherd, he said to them that there are sheep that are of this pair that are also not here. They must also come. Once we understand the mystery, we start seeing that God has been speaking about the Gentiles from the beginning. So it's not that we were not part of God's plan, now he had to make a plan. No, we were always there. We were always there. That's why he's saying to Abraham, through you, nations will be blessed. Nations will be blessed. I'm choosing you, Israel, 
to reflect my glory to the world. When he built the temple, it was for the nations to come and see. When the temple was destroyed, it was for Israel to go and reveal the glory of God to the nations. If you look at Jesus Christ, he comes and he incarnates the people of God. He incarnates the Jewish people. And then he went into the grave. From the grave, he goes out through you and me. He goes into the nations. It's the heart of God that you and me and everyone else sitting at home and even those that are sitting with hangover this morning, they are part of God's plan. They are part of God's plan. Now there's another thing. Apostle Paul is looking at his own life. He's looking at his own life here and he says, I, the servant, became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace. Given me through the working of this power, although I am less than the least of all God's people. He's looking at his own life and we know that Paul was one who was persecuting the church. He was persecuting the believers. But he says, if I look at my own life, there's nothing that qualifies me to become a servant of God. If I look at my own life, there is nothing that qualifies me from becoming a security to becoming a steward. There is nothing. But he acknowledges that it is through the grace of God. Although I am least of all of them, I became a servant of this gospel. Friends, maybe you are looking at your life. And you are thinking that there is no way I could become Pastor Chris. No way I could I get to that position of leading this church, this amazing church of God. No way. Don't look at your life. Look at the grace of God. And he will take you from that position to a position where you proclaim to others. To the position where you will become bold and confident to share the message that Dave is talking about. We can't and we cannot. The church, we are called and we have a specific task. This task is to go. The task is to go. Imagine if Paul did not go. He would not have written what we, have, what he, what we are reading this morning. No one would have heard. He would have heard. This is the thing about us. We hear. God speaks to us. And then we feel good about it. These days, everyone have journals. We write in our journals. And then we close it. And then end of story. Full stop. It is not for us to rest with this thing. It is so that we go to others. We share to others. We tell them about the amazing mystery. That they are also included in God's plan. In God's salvation. 
although I'm a least, I'm less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the, 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 the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent now, through the church, that this manifold wisdom of God will be made known to powers, rulers, and principalities, and to angels and demons, and, 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 and all those other things, that they must understand this mystery. They will not understand until the church is functioning and operating as it should. Listen to this. Lucifer, the devil, was so close to God, but he did not understand. He doesn't have this mystery. This mystery is revealed to us. The church has a specific purpose and role that it needs to play in revealing this mystery to them, to the demons. So it is not for you and me to destroy the church of God. It is not for us to bring disunity. It is for us to be remain so united and to make sure that the purposes of God that was for ages hidden in him be revealed to the powers and principalities. Do you understand? We have an amazing task at hand. We have an amazing task. The devil, when he looks at us, when he wants to come and condemn us and confuse us, he must be surprised. But how come I didn't get the memo? Why? Because we have a task at hand. It is through us that this mystery will be revealed. This manifold wisdom of God. Now the word manifold is uh, manifold. Like <laughs> like many things that are, unend- that are unending. It just continues to, to unfold and unfold and unfold. Every time when he comes he finds something different and he goes like what? You, these people, every time, every time. So we can't just settle with condemning ourselves, with struggling with pornography. How boring. Hey! 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 It's boring, man. We must reveal the manifold wisdom of God. And here we are. Struggling with gossip. Gossip, really? Nay, man. Nay, sublime. Let's move on to greater things. Huh? Manifold wisdom of God. I want to challenge you. Tomorrow when you wake up, 
Before you sleep tonight, just say, God manifold wisdom. And go to bed. Wake up in the morning and say, God manifold wisdom. Continue your day by saying, God manifold wisdom, God manifold wisdom, God manifold wisdom, 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 wisdom. And you will see what will happen. You will see what will happen. It is through you and me that this manifold wisdom will be revealed to the powers and principalities in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. We have a task. Then he continues to pray. And this is the amazing thing about Paul. He is talking and teaches and teaches and then he goes to prayer. And then he comes back out of prayer. He teaches, he teaches, and pray again. He teaches, he teaches, and then he pray again. I don't know why do we think we can do it without prayer. Why do we think we can do it without prayer? We can't. If you do it without prayer, you are in the flesh. And in the flesh, nothing goes nowhere. You remain here. Even the devil knows. Ah, that one. I... <laughs> ah, nobody fold wisdom there. No money fold wisdom there. Ah, that one. I... No. The moment you start, ah, ah, you start to pray, ah, 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 ah. things are moving. Things are shaking. Because prayer can do what God can do. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will straighten your path. Amen? Amen? Why? Why are we limiting ourselves? So he says, for this reason, and there's a reason here why he says, I kneel. For this reason, I kneel. Verse 14, before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derive its name. The Chikongos, the Namujepos, the Nuyomas, the Mwethes, Chipeos, Dirhart, Panzeo, Mula, Laberskahle. <laughs> Every family derives its name. You see, your family name, it is not just by coincidence. It is not just because your father was whoever he was. No, it is God's plan. I love Africa because Africa, we understand something about our roots. We understand something about our cultures and our, our family name. When I visited New Zealand, I understood that they, they have some sort of understanding. Because whenever they are talking, they talk about their river, they talk about their mountain, they talk about where they come from. Even in generations, that's how they introduce ourselves, themselves. They say, my name is Ephraim, I'm from Okaondeka Mountain, my river is Omuramba. It is to have some sort of connection. 
Waterbeck. That's my mountain. Because that's where I come from. So everything around that mountain, I will tell you the history. It's important. Why? Because God was in it and he is in it. And he is the maker of history. He is the one that determines where each life should live and where you will be born. It's God. So don't feel bad that you are born in that family, even if you don't understand each other. It's God's plan. Find a way to live there. It's his plan. And then from there, you move. From there, you move. Amen? Amen. From there, you echo into eternity. Amen? Like people must just know beauty was alive somehow. Huh? There was someone called Dave. Huh? And this is what he said. And then we become a church after you have found your identity in him. You become the church. You become that dwelling. And you bring your fire to the body of Christ. You become the branch that is not cut off, but plucked into the vine. And you bear fruit for the kingdom. You become that amazing house of God where people will come and dwell. This is the purpose of why Paul is encouraging us. And he continues in verse 17, he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And he says, I pray that you may be rooted and be established in love. That you may be established in love. That you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how deep, huh? how long, how high is the love of Christ. When we experience these friends, it is not for our fussy feelings. It is not so that we can walk on our toes and feel beautiful. Only. It is so that we can share this love of Christ with others. Because when you understand the love of God, it changes you. It changes your everything. It changes your whole life. You cannot be the same once you experience this love of God. You cannot be the same. Your way of thinking, your way of reasoning, your way of doing things must change. I mean, I was sharing earlier that when I understood the love of God, it became very practical to me. I decided I have to bath every night before I go to bed. I can't take the sweat of the day and put it on my pillow. I had to understand that I must brush my teeth. Because when I speak to other people, they must not go like, 
Because I love me and I love them. It's practical things. Simple practical things. I had to understand that I must stop protecting myself so much that no one else can come into my life. That thing of God for us all, each man on his own, some of these things are actually blocking the love of God to come into our lives. Because we must experience the love of God through others. I had so many times broken the hearts of girls, so many times, that they would tell me, all men are the same. And I had to receive the love of God in my heart because my heart was broken. I believed that I was a horrible man. So I had to stop and trust God and say, God, I trust you for a wife. I don't want to be involved in looking for my wife anymore because I've been messing it up all the time. I'm starting to understand your love. And when I understand your love, so you must have someone special for me. The love of God makes us holy. It purifies us from inside. And when we are purified, you don't want to do silly things anymore. You want to love genuinely. You have nothing to prove to anybody. Even if people are walking out on you, you just tell them, listen, it's okay. I don't have to prove myself to you. I just have to be me. And it's from that place that you surrender that when God starts doing amazing things in your life. So this love we must understand. We must understand that love. Because it is beyond knowledge. It's beyond knowledge. You cannot just grasp it only. You must, it must sing into your heart. Let's stand. Our time is up. But as a church, as a church, we have a specific task. We have a specific task. And this task, this task is the task to bring the gospel. The people must be saved. People will not be saved if they don't understand the gospel. How will they understand the gospel unless we preach? We must preach the message of God. We must preach the message of God. Don't worry about conviction. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. He will convict the heart. He will take the message straight to the heart. And convict the individual. You need to preach. You need to trust God. But our words. Must line up with our actions. We must live. Like people who are transformed. From within. And it's only the love of God that can do that.
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen I don't want to I want to want to let this opportunity pass by if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart it's impossible to experience the church that we are talking about here it's impossible for you to be a, a believer that we were talking about here you must have Christ Jesus in your heart you must be born again Nicodemus was a Pharisee Nicodemus Nicodemus was a yeah he was a, he was a Pharisee and he used to teach the word of God but he had little understanding he had little understanding of the things he was teaching but when he saw Christ Jesus he could not but come to him at night he could not sleep he says rabbi i see the things you are teaching and i see the things you are doing they are indications that you are not from here you are sent from god and jesus replies to him and he says unless you are born again you will not see the kingdom of god unless we are born again unless we are born of god we will not see the kingdom of god we will not experience the love of god we will not give the love of god we will not be healed we will not experience the freedom and we will not partake in the mystery of sharing the gospel to others i want to invite you i want to invite you this morning if you don't have christ jesus in your heart if you know that you have not given your heart to christ now is the time just lift up your hand where you are we want to pray with you i see that hand we want to pray with you we want to trust god that he will bring a new man inside of you my brother just take a step of faith my sister take a step of faith and please come here in the front we will pray with you just come just come You know you are there. Still come. Please still come. You're still welcome. I have a sense that this is this is not it. The sense that there's still more. If you are in the foyer, please come. Don't think that you are far. Just come. We want to see lives transformed. We want to people see people transformed into the image of Christ. And God can do amazing things. And Lord, we want to thank you for your son and your daughter. We want to thank you that you are the one who calls your people to you. We want to thank you, Lord, oh God, that you draw all men 
unto yourself. Father, and we pray for them right now. As they are stepping out in faith, Lord, as they are trusting you, Lord God, for a new life. I pray right now, Lord, oh God, that you will meet them. In their faith, Lord, oh God, as you say, without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. And Lord, there they are. They're responding in faith. Here they are. Standing in your presence. Standing in your presence. Lord, I pray that as you have stirred up this hunger, that you will meet them. In the name of Jesus. I pray that you will meet them right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, Father, that you will help them to understand the love of God, the depth and the width and the length and the height of God's love. I pray that this love will change them from within. And Lord, thank you that they are responding to this amazing grace. That you are calling them to a higher place of glory. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. There's someone behind you. These people will take you.